Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have the amazing rock band Red Sun Rising coming on momentarily, so I'm really looking forward to interviewing the vocalist and guitarist Mike Prodich tonight from the band. So before I bring him on, I just want to do a brief introduction to my show if anyone new is tuning in tonight. Um, I created the show approximately, gosh, I can't believe it's about four years plus ago to really bring a forum that I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to help support and promote them. A little bit about my background, I have a doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and one of the things I thoroughly enjoy doing with my profession is interviewing, and then my other passion is the entertainment industry. I'm also a singer-songwriter, I've done some writing for some magazines, so I really wanted to combine my two passions to help people out and really spread the word about who they are and what they do. Um, Personally, doing everything independently on my own, I understand how challenging and difficult the industry can sometimes be. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. A couple of things to uh, please keep in mind. Although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. We're not going to be doing any formal therapy. My um, guests do like to joke around, and I have a great sense of humor. So sometimes we will talk about things in a professional and educational format. Um, and also I want my guests to feel as though they can talk about whatever they'd like, but just to keep any potential identifying information, um, if you're going to share any potentially humiliating stories, uh, anonymous, just so we don't embarrass anyone. If you're tuning in tonight, uh, create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. If you want to call in, the number is 805-243-1320. So on my show, I've had the honor of interviewing many national bands. Some of them have included From Ashes to New, Star Set, Shaman's Harvest, Bobaflex, Nonpoint, Gemini Syndrome, Otherwise, and the list goes on. So please check out the podcasts that are available on my station site as well as on iTunes to download for free. I've also interviewed comedians, filmmakers, and a lot of other entertainers. So let me do a nice introduction for Red Sun Rising, and then we are going to bring Mike on the air. So this band is based out of Akron, Ohio. They've been around for a while, but these guys definitely have illustrated what hard work, perseverance, um, and dedication shows in this industry. Um, I'm sure Mike's going to share his story tonight, and I always am interested in hearing about other people's experiences and how they've got to uh, be where they are today. The band definitely has a unique sound. Um, They really incorporate a lot of interesting textures and effects. I would say they're definitely rock. They have some new alternatives, some grunge Uh, integrated in their music, so they really have a cool and unique style that's separating themselves from other bands that are out there now. They're signed to uh, Razor and Tie as a label, and uh, the band has toured with national acts such as Seether, Seven Dust, Shinedown, Chevelle, Nothing More, and they're currently finishing up a tour. If they're not already done, I was just kind of looking on their page with uh, Pop Evil. So their hit single right now, which you can hear in rotation on Satellite radio, terrestrial radio is the other side. And I honestly, I, earn, I learned about these guys through um, SiriusXM Octane, which is one of my personal favorite stations to listen to. So be sure to pick up a copy of their album, Polyester Zeal. It is out right now. It was produced by uh, the amazing producer, Bob Marlette. And again, this album is really solid. There is no filler songs on this album, so uh, check it out today. So without further ado, let's bring Mike on. How Hello. are you? Hey. Good, how are you? Good, good. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So where are you guys right now? Are you still on tour with Pop Evil, or is that kind of winding down? We were actually on tour with Godsmack. Oh, um, I'm sorry. And we, no, that's okay. Um, we're okay. about to go out with Pop Evil for a couple of days in December, um, okay. But uh, yeah, we just we just finished up with the Godsmack tour on the West Coast, and um, I'm actually currently at home now in Chicago where I live. Um, the band is still from Akron, Ohio, but I I live it here in Chicago, and the rest of the band went back home to Akron uh, just for the Thanksgiving break. But uh, we'll, we're going nice. to pick back up here December fourth. Very cool. And then, how many shows are you going to be doing with uh, Pop Evil? Um, just, uh, uh, maybe I, th- I think like six or seven, um, and the rest of Ooh. them are going to be kind of radio holiday shows, 
all over the country. So it's, uh, December's going to be a lot of traveling, that's for sure. Nice. So I apologize about that. God, next thing. I don't know why. When I was looking oh, for some reason, no I saw all. a lot of <laughs> – I apologize about that. Um, no worries. Okay, so thank you. So let's, uh, let's digress a little bit. Tell me a little bit about, you know, where you grew up in terms of – you're formerly from Akron, Ohio, correct? Right. Okay. All right. Got that right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, you know, what it was like growing up there. You know, what were you like as a kid in terms of – did you have any interest like sports? I always like to kind of find some unique and different stuff that I don't read about in other interviews and some of the research I do. Yeah. Um, I actually I went to school in uh, Talmadge, which is just a suburb right there in Akron. Um, and Talmadge is, is kind of a, a unique town. Um, there's a lot of farmland there, but there's also uh, a lot of newly developed neighborhoods. So when, when I was growing up, um, a lot of the neighborhoods that I grew up in or around were, were brand new. So there's a lot of um, newer families coming in. Um, my cl- my graduating class was one of the largest to ever go through Talmadge. Um, okay. And it was the largest at the time. So um, it was kind of a big boom when we went there, um, which was cool because there was a lot of, uh, you know, I, I did I was into sports a lot, and a lot of my friends were, and, um, you know, there's a whole community kind of rallied around it and a huge support system with the with sports. So it's a very competitive city, and, we, and we're and we we're a small city, but we always did really well in sports because of that competitive nature. Um, but what, when I did sports, I pretty much played every sport under the sun. I, I did everything. Really? I played baseball, basketball. I ran track. Um, but I always, you know, came back to music. Um, and, you know, I don't exactly know where that comes from other than the fact that, you know, my my mother was always playing music in the house, always had music going whenever we did anything. Um, and we always okay. had a piano in the house, and she would sit and play, and I would play with it. Um, but I was, you know, even when I was playing sports, I was always thinking about music. I was like that one kid on the team that after basketball practice would go jam with his, you know, band. You know what I mean? Right, so was, right. I had an interesting juxtaposition there. Right, so... How old were you when you started to really like it into music? Can you reflect back on like your first memory? Like you said, you were growing up, your mom had it playing in the house a lot, she had a piano. So evidently there was definitely some, you know, music in your background with your mom evidently having, you know, some talent or some skill in terms of playing piano. So what do you remember right. in terms of when you started to really gravitate towards it? Um, I, I, as, long, as, as far back as I can remember, really, because even when I watch – um, home videos. There's always like videos of me like lip syncing to like Aerosmith, and uh, right. <laughs> you know, like I I like dancing around. I had a fake um, microphone and a fake plastic guitar, and um, okay. So even when I was a kid, I I would do that stuff, and um, you know, as I got older, uh, I was fascinated by the guitar. Um, and one of my friends had a guitar when I was 11, and. Uh, I was, that's all I asked for for Christmas that year. I remember that. And I remember telling my mom, I don't care if you get me anything else. I just want that one. I just want a guitar. I don't care if I get nothing else besides that. And uh, so, you know, you know, eventually I got the guitar for, for Christmas. And, um, you know, I, I don't think I ever put it down. It just went from there. So I was kind of obsessed with it. Wow. Did you did you take any formal lessons, Mike? Are you mostly self-taught or a combination of the two? Kind of a combination. Um, when I first got my guitar, um, I, I got 10 lessons with the guitar. It was kind of a package deal thing. And okay. uh, after those 10 lessons, I just pretty much learned with by playing with friends and, and just exploring it on my own. I, I was never, I've never been really that into the technical parts of guitar or like mm-hmm. really being able to like solo or doing anything technical. I, I just always love to write songs and like create cool sounds with it. Um, which I think is why I like to write songs now. Um, right. But you know, I, I never really got into like making sure I could play the guitar perfect. I was more into like making it sound as cool as I could to me. Right. Right, cool. Well, definitely, guys, definitely, as I said in the introduction, we'll talk more about the music as we get into the interview. You know, you definitely create a really unique sound, and I think it's cool today because 
a lot of bands, unfortunately, you know, they have that cookie cutter thing and everyone wants to kind of fit in. So it's, it's cool to see bands that are trying to, you know, get away from that a little bit, so to speak. So very Appreciate cool. That. What do you, what do your parents, if you don't mind me asking, what do your parents um, do for a living? Um, my dad was a teacher in Akron okay. for, you know, 30, 30 years. And my mm-hmm. mom is the executive assistant to the president of a, a food distribution company. Oh, wow, cool. Very cool. And do you have any siblings, any brothers or sisters? Yes, I have a sister um, who works for Our House Furniture. She's down in Houston. Okay. Nice. But no one it. else in the, like you said, in the family that any, you know, relatives or people that are in the entertainment industry that do anything creative? Um, my Uncle Ernie, he is a, uh, a band director and has a degree in music. And, um, okay. you know, I've he's helped me uh, many times with certain things and compositions, and I've asked him questions. So it's always cool to have someone in the family that actually knows music theory and um, so if you have mm-hmm. a question about that, he, he, you know, he can help with that. Definitely. Very cool. Very cool. So, like you said, you're in school, you're involved in a lot of different sports, but, you know, music has always been the passion, the thing that you always kind of went back to. So when was when did you get involved in, like, your first bands where you started to say, you know, I want to maybe pursue this, you know, on a serious level? Um, it, it's kind of weird how, how everything happened, really. Um, you know, after I got had my lessons, like I said, uh, I went to started jamming with my buddy, uh, my buddy Dan at the time, and we were just in middle school, just a couple of kids, you know, trading licks, and you know he was right. a little better than me, so he would show me songs, and then uh, we brought another kid in that lived up the street that played bass, and we found a kid to play drums, and we just started playing music, and we don't we weren't thinking about shows or thinking about anything like that, and eventually we we started writing our own songs and and uh we put our, our first show together um which I think was like the Talmadge Battle of the Bands or something like that. Right. And right. uh it got it, it got addicting, you know, just to and perform in front of people and um we just we kept booking different shows and looking for every opportunity to play and we played pretty much anywhere from a house party to you know a battle of bands or or actually booking a show at some kind of club when we were old enough. Um, and I was in that band, which was called Ill Vision, which is funny. It was my like my high school band um, right. from my, like, I think eighth grade through almost my senior year. Um, and, wow. uh, yeah, we had, we had, we had fun. Like all, all our friends would come to our shows and stuff and it, you know, we didn't think of anything of, of, of making it a career. We just knew that we loved to do it. And that was, that was something that we were going to do, you know, as long as we possibly could. And uh, no matter what, we weren't thinking about making a career out of it that, at time, especially in, you know, in high school. Um, okay. But then uh, the funny thing was I, after high school, that, that band kind of stopped playing. People were going to college, me, myself included. Um, mm-hmm. I, I went to, I went to Kent state and I really wanted to concentrate on, um, you know, school. And I was going to school for architecture, which is a very intense program. And uh, I didn't think about music for a while. And, interesting. Uh, you well, know, I got through. Really quick, let me, not to interrupt, yeah. but let me interrupt you for a second. That's interesting. So, sure. like you said, you're you're involved in doing all this music. You love doing it. And, you know, it was funny because I was going to ask you that question. And then when I saw on your Facebook page, it said you went to Kent State, you know, and you studied architectural design. I was like, wow, that's really cool. Because I was going to ask you about if you did go to college. Um, what made you at that time, you think, you know, rather than trying to pursue a music career, go to college? Um, I don't know. I guess I didn't know enough about the business, and I didn't I didn't even know mm-hmm. how to get into it. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, I, th- I thought it was kind of a dream, and it was kind of a thing that, you know, well, if it happens, it happens, but I'm just going to play for fun. And I didn't think of anything like that. I, I, I was kind right. of on a path where I got to have a, you know, I got to support a family one day or, you know, I have to, I have to have my own house, like thinking about stuff like that, which right. is crazy to think about it now. Um, but I was, you know, aiming for just a very normal life, I guess. And I got the complete opposite and I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I did. 
Right, but I think I think the good thing is, and I, it's interesting because you know I've interviewed so many different bands, and everyone's story is so different and unique. But you know, I would say a majority are just you know so on that one track to just say I just want to try to pursue this. I'm going to do whatever I need to, and they don't think about like you were saying at the time. Well, you know, maybe I need something to fall back on if I want to one day you know own a house and have a family and that type of stuff. Um, you know, right. I think people learn along the way, so to speak. A lot of these people, you know, just learn as they go and, and figure out what works and what doesn't work. So very cool, though. Cool story. Did you ever work Definitely. and do anything with your degree in uh, architecture? No, I um, I didn't because halfway through um, going to Kent, um, which is where I was, you know, getting with this, was I couldn't stop thinking about music. Like, I started to miss it okay. about about two and a half years into school. And I, I, I would be sitting there and it's, during a lecture and I'd be taking the information from a lecture um, and like, making lyrics out of them. And I didn't have right. a band at the time. Wow. I, was, I wasn't doing anything. And uh, I just had this bug that I had to play music again. And that's where that came back. And, um, you know, I, I remember telling my mom, like, I think I'm going to try to, you know, you know, pursue music, and um, I was wasting money at school because I wasn't thinking about anything else, and uh, that was a hard conversation to have, of course. You know, your parents don't want to hear that, but they've right. always been very, very supportive. I mean, my mom has supported me through everything, so, um, awesome. yeah, that happened. So did you, you left Ken after a couple of years? Yeah, and that was right after I met Ryan. So Ryan ruined my life. Okay. Which is my guitar player. And, right. Yeah. No. That's what I was reading. The two of you were the ones that right met, and then did you meet him at Kent or no? No, I actually um, Ryan and I went to the same high school, but we didn't know each other okay. in high school, which was kind of weird. But we had mutual friends, um, and he, he had a band at the time, and one of my friends, his older brother, was in his band, so we went to see their show a couple of times. I knew who their band was um, and their singer quit. And my, my friend said, you should try out for my brother's band. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I was, like I said, I was going to school at the time and I was like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to play gigs all the time. And uh, so I thought about it for a while. And um, eventually I, I did call Ryan and uh, we connected and I went down and auditioned and, the beginning of what would become, you know, Red Sun Rising from there. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I was basically, yeah, so I was basically joining their band, and then uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan and I realized that we were on a different wavelength together, and we removed ourselves from the, the existing members, and we started gotcha. Red Sun Rising. Very cool. All right, well, this will be a perfect time. Let's, I want to play at least two songs tonight, so um, let's talk cool. a little bit about the other side, and then I definitely want to come back and we'll start introducing the members and, you know, getting to how you guys got signed, et cetera, et cetera. All right? So, um, yeah, the other side's a great track, and as I said when I did the introduction, I learned about it from Sirius X and Octane, which is one of my personal stations. So, you know, tell us a little bit about, I read about the song a little bit, but I also want to hear, you know, your interpretation of it, because I know that you said that different people will have, you know, different ways to apply to themselves or interpret how it is relevant to them. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your perception of that song. Um, yeah, I mean, the the cool thing about that song is that was one of the ones that we wrote in Los Angeles, and it was one that kind of came together rather quickly, which some of the best music and art do because it's it's natural. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember writing that song, and I, I remember coming up with the, the melody of the chorus, and we didn't have the word the other side yet. It was just kind of, I was just kind of like scatting, as I call it, the melody. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we decided kind of, we wanted to write it about like overcoming something or some kind of object, objective or, or reaching a place of refuge. And Ryan and I broke apart, which sometimes we do. And uh, he wrote his lines and I wrote my lines. And we came back and we kind of blended them together. So his meaning of it is completely different of mine, which is which is awesome. But we found a way to tie them together um, cool. with the other side, and 
So mine is basically kind of overcoming, you know, an objective of in your life, whatever's hindering your life, and finding that place of, of refuge, like I said. So whether it's addiction mm-hmm. or getting out of a relationship or um, even overcoming a death, uh, that's that's what the other side is. And that's why we intentionally made that one word, which is not grammatically correct. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Out. Right. Yeah. No, I like we that. We made it a noun I like that. That's very cool. Very cool. All right, so let's do this. I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to check out the track, and then uh, we'll come back cool. and start uh, talking more about the band. All right? Okay, thanks, Mike. Hold on. All right, everyone, you're listening to Mike Protich from Red Sun Rising. We're going to check out their hit single, The Other Side, and be sure to pick up a copy of their album, which is out right now, titled Polyester Zeal. It's a great album, and as I said, it's amazing songs, and really anyone off that album could be a hit single. So check it out. All right, here we go. The Other Side by Red Sun Rising. everyone welcome back to the Carrie Oldman show again Red Sun Rising with their hit single The Other Side and check out Polyester Zeal download a copy of their album now and be sure to also uh, check them out at redsunrisingmusic.com for upcoming shows and more information alright so let's bring Mike back on 
All right, my great right. track really too long. Yeah. It's kind Thank of ironic. You. On the way to work today, I heard it going in, and then I heard it when I came home. That was kind of uh, surreal and interesting. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, really cool stuff. Um, all right, so let's start uh, Yeah, start introducing the other members of the band and, you know, give us some interesting uh, information slash the story behind how you and Ryan started to uh, put, put the band together. Okay. Um, well, Ryan and I, uh, Ryan Williams is the, is the other guitar player and, and songwriter in the band. Um, Tyler has been playing with us for the last couple of years, and he did a, you know, he just did this last tour with us as well. And um, he uh, he was actually a customer of Ryan's at Guitar Center um, about you know six or seven years ago. And, wow. Uh, he was just he was just kind of this kid that would come in, and he's you know he's an amazing guitar player. Um, and we were looking for a, another guitar player at the time, and it was kind of one of those things like, hey, what about that kid that always comes in and asks you questions all the time about guitar? So it was kind of like that. That's so cool. And, uh, you know, we tried him out for for a second guitar part or player, and, um, you know, he's been playing with us live ever since. And then um, after we recorded the record, uh, we brought Ricky Miller, our bass player, in. And he's a guy that we've known for many years. He was actually the lead singer of a band in Akron. Um, So he's a very talented guy, plays bass, plays guitar, uh, sings very well, plays keys. So when we were looking for a bass player to to tour this record afterwards, we were like, you know, let's call Ricky, see if he wants to do bass and backing vocals. And sure enough, he, he... you know, we call him at work, and we're like, hey, can you fly out to Los Angeles in three days? And he was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of <laughs> what happened to that. And um, and then Pat, uh, similar thing. We've known Pat for years, and he was in another band that uh, Red Sun Rising used to tour with uh, when we were independent. We used to kind of show swap with the... him, and his, his band was, was Fusebox Poet. Okay. And uh, they were out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, we we would show swap with them and do the East Coast tours. And we always wanted Pat as a drummer. He's he's a phenomenal drummer and he's a great fit for the band. And we get along with them really well. Um, but that band was our buddies, so we weren't going to try like steal them from the right. band. <laughs> uh, when their band did finally, you know break up, um, for lack of a better term. Um, Pat went to Los Angeles to kind of try his hand in being a studio session guy. And we obviously recorded the record out in Los Angeles and we reconnected and we were looking for a drummer and it just kind of came full circle for, for us. And it was, it was cool, uh, the way it worked out. And, you know, now he's, he's, a Huge, huge asset to the band, and we love having them here. So it's cool That's that great. we got members that we've we've known for years, and we didn't have to go just get some random players. You know, it's, it, yeah. it it makes touring so much better when when you're there with your friends. Right, definitely, and you didn't have to go through those headaches of just you know trying out member after member. And so it sounds like your lineup has been pretty consistent, correct? I mean, since did you have any lineup changes along the way? We've had a ton of lineup changes along the way. Oh, okay. Um, that was just okay. the most recent. Um, for, I mean, obviously it's always been me and Ryan. Um, Tyler's been right. the been with us the longest. Um, you know, with the whole span of when we started it back in 2006, 2007. You know, Tyler's okay. only been here. For, right. I mean, maybe a quarter of the time that the whole band has been that me and Ryan have actually been doing it. So it's kind of um, wow. you know, strange, but these, but this moving forward, it's it's getting closer and closer um, each time we have a member change, and, and member changes happen to a lot of bands, and it happens sure. for different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like we had a we had a uh, a, a bass player that you know he was a little older than us, but he had a he had a baby, and they were starting a family, and he did his thing, and we understood that, 
and um, we had a we had another member that um, had a sick parent in Florida, and we were in Ohio, and he had to move away, and uh, so it's like it's it's different circumstances why things don't work out. Um, it's right more you know more times than not it's not because someone's not getting along. It's usually because of some life gets in the way. Right. That's good to hear. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that's good to hear, but it's it's good to hear, like you said, it's not because of interpersonal discord or, you know what I mean, creative differences. It's because, like you said, you know, things in people's lives change, right. unfortunately. Right. Good. Well, congratulations on, you know, the set lineup that you have now. And uh, like you said, it sounds like everyone really gets along and is on the same page. And, you know, that's what the, the key is to at least part of it, making a band successful. Exactly. Right. Right. So tell us a little bit about, um, in terms of, let's see, let, let me look up my notes here. I have a ton of different things here. So when did you guys just sign with Razor and Ty, right? Was that like approximately a year ago? Yeah, it's almost exactly a year ago. Um, yeah. We, uh, so tell we us about yeah how you deal. connected. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I think there's a delay. Okay, there might have been, but go ahead. Um, so we um, signed our management deal. Uh, who is this, They have the same management, or we have the same management as Pop Evil and a few other bands. Um, so, you know, obviously the first move for us before we even had a record out was just to get us on the road with, with one of the other bands on the team. Um, and Pop Evil was willing to bring us out, which is, really cool them um, because like I said we didn't have a record out yet we were just still an independent band and um, we signed the Razor and Tie contract on the eve of that tour which was last November so you know our lives changed that quickly it was kind of like we were guys working at Guitar Center and uh, doing our thing and playing music on the weekends and doing little tours ourselves and then to signing a label contract and hopping on a, a national tour and then that led us right into the holidays and then right into recording the record in January so it's like wow. we left that for that tour last November and kind of never looked back that's amazing congratulations really cool when you real quick because I'm always curious about how all the different pieces so to speak tie together so when you say you had a management team this is separate from the Razor and Tie label? Yes, our management separate than our, our label, yeah. Okay, so how did you guys get hooked up with the management team that I'm assuming then kind of helps you guys transition into, you know, meeting Razor and Tie who signed you guys? Um, the cool thing about our management team is that it's two management teams that kind of merge together for the sake of us. Um, they okay. don't do business other than they don't do business together other than just us. Um, so one of the groups is uh, Elevation Group. They're out of Cleveland. Okay. And they were, you know, back when we were uh, independent, me and Ryan were kind of managing the band, always looking for that next opportunity. And through our network of people, it led us to um, the the guys in Elevation. And we they agreed to have a meeting with us and, and uh, we explained, like, look, we're an independent band. We want to get to what's that next level to kind of build this career. Um, we want to do this mm-hmm. for a very long time. And uh, they kind of, obviously, we didn't have, um, there wasn't basically much they could do for us at the time. Um, let's put it that way. And that, that's a few years ago. So they said, okay. you know, keep us updated and tell us what you're doing. And we did. We kept them updated every few months. Like, hey, look, we just played this show. We just booked this tour. Um, we just put out this this new record, and we kept them updated. And uh, eventually, they saw it growing, and they said, "Look, I think you guys now are at a point where we 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 can do something here." And um, cool. so then they led us to our other side of the management team, which um, are the Capellinis. G and G is their um, entertainment firm, and um, they kind of did a merger uh, because they both bring you know, assets to the table and uh, then them two together uh, led us to Razor and Tie. Very cool. Very cool. 
did you have other labels, Mike, looking at you two, or just mainly Razor and Time? That's who you guys wanted to go with. Yeah, we actually had a few. Um, okay. And on that pop, on that Pop Evil tour, we were going to play the Gramercy Theater in New York um, as mm-hmm. a showcase for a few labels. And Razor and Ty caught wind of that, and they said, you know, nope, we're going to fly into Akron and see them and undercut all these guys. And wow. them taking them taking that initiative meant mm-hmm. a lot to us. And uh, and the, the the owner of the company, Cliff, he flew out himself to see us and had a meeting with us, you know, right there in Akron. And that meant a lot, you know, that they care. Definitely. And uh, that was Definitely. that was that was really cool. So um, that was one of the reasons why we went with Razor and Tie. Very cool. Yeah, and I've booked, I've, I've done non-points with them and Star Set, and yeah, I've always been very impressed with um, the people that I've, you know, worked with to set up the interviews. And actually, just want to give a plug to Claire Reynolds tonight, who you know was working on setting up this interview with me for you guys. So it's been, it's been yeah, she's working great. With. Yeah, yeah, the people on the team are just really professional and just you know solid, dedicated people. So really cool. Well, congratulations. Awesome. Thank you so much. Very cool. So, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about, um, like you said, after the, the tour and everything, you then go out, and is that when you start recording the album with Bob Marlett? Yep. Yeah, we went yeah. straight out so to tell- Los Angeles. Cool. And how did you guys hook up with him in terms of using him as a producer? Um, he was – he had worked with um, George Sr., which is the elder of the G&G management team. And, uh, you know, he's worked on him with several projects in the past and, uh, we were looking for a producer and he threw his name in and we did a a phone interview with Bob. And, uh, the coolest thing about Bob is all these other producers were telling us like, Hey, if you want to make it in rock, you got to do this and you guys got this sound, but you got to have to tweak it to make it sound like this. If it wants to work for radio and we were like, oh, this sucks. And right. then finally we got finally we got to Bob, and Bob's like, look, you guys have a really cool sound that, you know, has a lot of melody in it, and it's I think that's missing from rock today. And and we I want mm-hmm. to take those elements and bring it to the forefront and just and just make a better version of you. And when he said that, me and Ryan are both like, this is our guy. He gets it. Right. And Very we were cool. super excited about that. And just, and, and please throw out, I know he's worked with some major bands, and I apologize, I didn't put those in my notes here, but, you know, please throw out a couple of the bands that he's, you know, produced. Oh, I mean, he's done Black Sabbath to Rob Zombie, wow. Filter, uh, Seether, Shine Down. There you go. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, great album. He did, you know, like you said, just bringing in you guys and just, Really solid album. So yeah, great job. Very cool. So let's um let's check out one of my personal favorites. But I mean, there were so many songs on the album. Like I mean, Push is great. You know, the intro song that comes in, um, Blister is awesome. I want to ask you a little bit about imitation because I am a psychologist. So just some of the lyrics and the words that you used, just really powerful in that song. But one of my personal favorites was Emotionless. Um, so tell us a little bit about. It. I know it had to do with some experience you had with a, with a dream or a nightmare. So tell us about that song and then we'll check that out. Yeah, that song's a really cool song just because it did come out of nowhere. It was, it was a dream that I had and it had some really creepy imagery um, that kind of haunted me for a few days. And um, I saw this woman um, that I knew I loved, but I didn't know who it was. It was she was kind of faceless. And um, I remember thinking about it and I was, I was like, man, I should make a song out of this. And, I was thinking, like, she was just laying there, like, motionless and emotionless. And I just kind of kept saying that line. And then it mm-hmm. that developed into a, into a lyric and it developed into a melody. And it just kind of came out from there. And I just told the story of the dream, basically. Very cool. And real quick, with the dream, did you actually hear the melody in it or anything like that? Or no, it was just a couple of words that you No, I didn't hear, repeated. I didn't hear lyric or melody or anything. I just saw the imagery. Okay. And I gotcha. created it out of that. Have you ever had that experience where you heard something in your dream in terms of no. a melody or anything like that? No? No. I've daydreamed yeah. and 
come up with stuff, but. Right. No, I just, I, yeah, I just thought maybe that was something that came out of the actual dream, but no, but I mean, it's a, it's a great melody, great lyrics. So, um, yeah, let's check it out and then we'll, we'll come back and talk about more with what's in store for you guys in 2016 and, and some other stuff that has to do with the album. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Great. Hold on. All right, everyone, again, Mike Prodich from Red Sun Rising. We're going to check out the song Emotionless, which is off of their album, and I think it's a, a really cool, um, different song in terms of the other side that we just listened to. You're going to really get another sense of who these guys are and what they have to uh, demonstrate in terms of their musical talent and ability. But please pick up their album, Polyester Zeal, that is out now, and uh, here's Emotionless, and we'll be back in a moment. With lips closed and eyes sealed Your sculpture with a pulse I want to capture your essence and Keep it here forever, little one And I feel good about you You're just like motionless, emotionless You're beautiful, asleep Motionless, emotionless You're beautiful, asleep You feel nothing as Send your soul away How long will you last And how long will you stay 
right, Emotionless by Red Sun Rising. Again, check out their album, Polyester Zeal, that is out right now. And for more information, go to Red Sun Rising, sorry about that, RedSunRisingMusic.com. All right, let's bring Mike back on. Hello. Very cool, Mike. I love that track. Really, really cool stuff. Thank you. Yeah, really great. So um, tell us a little bit, how did you guys come up with the name Red Sun Rising? Was that something you... And uh, Ryan did in terms of for the band. Yeah, um, that was kind of the, the most ridiculous process of everything. I mean, writing the music <laughs> kind of came naturally. Um, you know, writing the lyrics came naturally, but actually picking the band name was like the most brutal process. I remember that being, you know, weeks, maybe months of just bouncing ideas off each other and. You know, we 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 came up with some really ridiculous names, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it basically when we first started, we kind of wanted to be the next Rage Against the Machine kind of. You know, we wanted to be political. We wanted to say something, and uh, you know, we've since calmed down. But uh, our first independent record was very politically charged. Um, almost okay. every single song on there has a, some sort of political meaning. Um, and, you know, Red Sun Rising, we, you know, we, there's a saying, Red, Red Sun Rising, um, or the, the sailors take warning if there's a red sky in the morning, whatever. Um, there's mm-hmm. that one. Um, you know, there's a lot of literary works that reference a Red Sun Rising, like blood's been uh, shed the night before from a war if there's a Red Sun Rising. Um, a storm's okay. coming. Um, so it, that it just has a lot of powerful meanings behind it. Um, and we kind of wanted something to represent um, the angst uh, of of our lyrics. And then I think as we matured and, and grew up a little bit, we realized that we wanted to write about more cerebral things and, and not so be so angsty. Right, right. No, it's a, it's a great name, and I think some of the – concepts that you just spoke about a little bit also shows something about you guys in terms of how you guys have persevered. And, you know, like you said, again, like the other side, you've overcame a lot and you've been able to grow and develop. So I think it's, I think it has a lot of relevance to, like you said, who you guys are um, as individuals. In terms of real quick, I mean, I like symbolism and stuff again, as I'm very analytical as a psychologist. Um, the artwork is really cool. And I was kind of honing in on the different, you know, elements in it, so to speak. So, you know, tell us a little bit about it. I mean, you got the Mona Lisa in there, there's an Egyptian symbol, there's a there's a bar in the background, you know, and then there's this interesting, you know, character in the forefront. So, you know, tell us about the, uh, if there's any meaning or symbolism behind the artwork for the album, and, and please plug whoever did it, too. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, the uh, the artist, is uh, his name's Douglas Granger, um, and okay. he is a friend of ours from Akron. And you know, one thing, another thing that we always thought was missing from um, artwork and album artwork, especially in the in the rock genre, was, it, you know, everything started to seem like just like normal images that you could just find on the Internet mm-hmm. almost, and they were kind of Photoshopped images. And we wanted to bring it back to, you know, actually expressing art. And, you know, that's why we had it hand-drawn by Doug. And uh, on the cover, if you notice, it's, they're in a street. That's actually Main Street in downtown Akron, where we're from. Okay. So that's kind of a tip of the hat. Um, you see some tires there because we are the rubber city. Um, there's a piano there with no black keys on it because the black keys finally left. And uh, Bob Marlette <laughs> is back there on his hands and knees being walked by a bear. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, there's the Akron Civic where we released – one of our records, we had a record release show there. So there's a lot of meaning right there in that picture. Cool. Um, and the homeless man pushing the cart of, of uh, you know, jewels and and trophies. And uh, he basically is the example of what polyester zeal is. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, polyester is something very cheap and obtainable, where zeal is something you strive for. So the juxtaposition between the two is kind of what's your cheap ambition or what's your obtainable dream? What makes you happy no matter the cost? Well, this homeless man, he's homeless. He has nothing. 
but he still carries around right. these trophies that really can do no good to him, but it makes him happy. And that's right. kind of what polyester zeal is. That's cool. Very cool. No, thank you for sharing that. I don't think, I mean, I didn't read that anywhere when I was, you know, I read you talk about polyester zeal and, and the, the meaning behind that. Um, but the artwork is just, yeah, it's great. And, yeah, it's really cool to see someone doing something different, like you said, and, you know, getting down to the nitty-gritty of actually drawing something versus taking something that's already out there and just revamping it, so to speak. So it's great. Really yeah. cool. Um, I noticed um, you write a lot the um, We Are Thread. That's something that you guys include with a lot of your posts and stuff. What is, what's, the, what's the meaning behind that? Um. Basically, we are thread is um, kind of a statement of of we don't want to be just a rock band or just an alternative band. Or um, of course, everybody wants to have their own identity, but that's that's ours. That's one that we created, and we like to take all of our influences. Um, you know, we we love the Beatles and Otis Redding all the way up to Tool and A Perfect Circle and Metallica. So we like nice. to take threads from all of those influences and, and, and thread them together and, and make our sound what it is. And I think that that texture and the and the melody was something that was we thought was missing from um, the rock genre. And, you know, we'll always be a rock band at the core, but um, mm-hmm. if we can evolve and start to create a sound of our own, um, it would be thread. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Really cool. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about, you know, because I don't want to keep you on forever, even though I could interview you probably another hour, and we'd have a great interview. That's all right. Um, and it's been a pleasure. <laughs> You've been great. Tell us a little bit Thanks. about what you guys like to do, you know, on the road in terms of when you have some downtime or, you know, just some interest. Does anyone into movies? Does anyone like to read? You know, just something that's really interesting about maybe each of you guys, if you can do um, that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, everyone everyone in the band pretty much uh, reads a little bit. Um, I don't do it as much on tour uh, just because I, it actually makes me sick while we're moving. Um, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Ryan's a huge movie buff, and, of course, once he gets one started, everyone jumps in on that. Um, it's a great way to pass the time and just kind of relax. Um, what, types of, uh, but, what types of movies does Ryan like to watch? He'll pretty much watch anything. Um, okay. He likes more serious stuff, like where you got to really think and where I I'm I kind of have ADHD, so I have <laughs> okay. to have like a comedy on that I can just kind of watch and do other things. Um, it's hard for me to just sit there and watch a movie. I've just always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we're, I mean, we're huge uh, foodies, at least most of us, probably everyone except uh, Tyler. Um, but we like to try out local restaurants and local breweries, um, local coffee shops, wherever we are, and really get into the culture of whatever city or town we're in. Um, cool. You know, so we like to stay active. You know, if we find a basketball court or something, play basketball or uh, throw a football around, you know, just to be outside when we can. So, yeah, we just try to keep ourselves busy and have fun. That's great. No, it sounds like you guys really, like you said, you have a nice camaraderie and you get along really well, which is which is good because you see a lot of bands, unfortunately, you know, they do have some challenges in terms of relationship dynamics and things like that. So that's really great that you guys Definitely. don't have to deal with that stuff. So, um, yeah, so let's, uh, so we can wrap up soon. Let's, what are some plans for uh, 2016? Um, well, we're going to finish this uh, run in December and then, um, Right off the bat in, in January, we're going to do a little headlining run, uh, probably in the Midwest region. It'll be our first one since the record. And, uh, nice. you know, we'll see how it goes. And then we'll obviously be looking for a, another tour to support after that. And then uh, we'll be doing a lot of festivals that we're already lining up now for the spring and summer. So we're really excited about next year, and we can't wait to announce um, the festivals that we have. It's going to be a big year for us. Very cool. That's cool. Real quick, do you want to take a call? It looks like someone's calling in and like it's your area code. So I don't know if it's a member of your band or just someone from the area. Can we take a call for you? Yeah, sure. All right. Okay. 
Hey, how are you? You're on the Carrie Edelman Show with uh, Mike from Red Sun Rising. Doing good, thanks. Big G out of Medina, Ohio. Gary. Hey, I got a question. Hey, buddy. Got a question up, for you, Mike. Not yeah. much. Love your new CD. Question for you. Okay. What do you What do you think is going to be the next single released from the current album? Well, um, I know what the next single is. Uh, the next single is going to be Emotionless. Which, is it really? Uh, hopefully, yes, it will be. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Carrie got it right. Nice. I think I need to go work with Razor and Ty. Do they need a psychologist on their team? I think there I should go over there. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Very cool. And I'm sorry, what was your name? Who called in? Uh, Gary. Gary. Okay, yeah. No, great question, yes. Gary. Gary's, I didn't I didn't even ask Gary's that. Been a huge, Gary's been a huge supporter since, you know, I can't remember when he started supporting us, but he's been he's been there uh, in the Akron area and he basically watched us every step of the way. So we appreciate you, Gary. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, this band is fantastic. Uh, not only are they great musicians, but they're they're good friends too, and they've they've brought a, a lot of us in uh, like family. And us fans really appreciate it. Thanks, That's man. Great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in, Gary. Great question, and uh, you're welcome. Sounds like you've got a nice fan base for this band, so it's great. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Mike. Have Keep a rocking, Mike. Bye-bye. All right, you too. You. Thank you, Carrie. Okay. You're welcome, Mike. I mean, sorry, Gary. Bye. <laughs> cool. Very cool. So sounds like you guys have a nice fan base out there. And, and again, like he said, I think he really captures, and I can pick that up just from interviewing tonight, that you guys are really, you know, just grounded people, too, very genuine, authentic people, which is which is awesome. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, really cool. So with the motion lift, um, that's great. Are you guys going to be, you know, cutting it down a little bit in terms of the time of it? Um, for some formats, we're going to have to, unfortunately. Right, um, right. You know, uh, XM radio will probably be able to play the whole thing, which will be cool. Cool, um, yeah. You know, and if not, you know, you're, we're still going to play the full version live, so they can just come to a show and see the full version. Exactly. Yeah, no, I know, because I love the song, but like you said, it's the, you know, every single is usually they want it, what, you know, three minutes and 30 slash maybe 50 seconds tops. I mean, it's a great right. track, and it, it goes fast because it's not like a song that's dragging on or anything. I mean, you know, you really get involved in it, and it's, it's over before you know it. Um, so that's great. Cool. Very cool. And it's it's interesting because Claire had asked me, um, you know, what I thought, you know, in terms of the single I was going to pick because I said, oh, I'm going to pick one of my personal favorites. So that's really cool um, that's awesome. that I was able to uh, do that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so thank you so much, Mike, for calling in tonight. And, um, you know, you're always welcome back on the show. So please keep in touch when you have some new music out. We'd love to bring you back on and promote it. And wish you guys much, nothing but um, success for your career. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there'll be a podcast available too. So please, you know, share the link again a little later on. If people didn't um, tune into the live show, they can download it for free and check it out. Definitely. All right. So thank you so much again, Mike, for coming on. And, uh, again, much success to you guys. Thanks, Carrie. Talk to you soon. Okay. Have a great night. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Again, Mike Protich from Red Sun Rising. And a great interview tonight, full hour with him. So please check it out if you haven't listened to it. We talked about a lot of interesting things about them personally, them as a band, uh, things, again, that you're not going to find anywhere else. I really take, you know, a lot of effort and uh, seriousness into my show and do a lot of research. I do at least two to three hours uh, the day before the interview and really prepare my questions and, you know, want to bring an interesting uh, form out there for people to uh, learn some unique things about these artists that you're not going to see anywhere else. So please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show. I'm on Facebook. Um, please like my page. I also have a couple of personal pages. I think one of them is maxed out. So I love to keep in touch with people that way too. So please befriend me on Facebook. And if you have Twitter, follow me at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will also follow you back. Um, and I'm currently booking some 
shows to uh, wind down the rest of the year. Uh, next Monday, we're going to have the theatrical rock band September Morning coming on. Really cool band, female-fronted band. So they're going to come on next Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. And as I mentioned, please feel free to download any of the podcasts. You can check them out on my station page, or you can also go to iTunes. Everything's available there. And uh, support these artists and, you know, pick up some of their music. We've got some really great artists that I've had the, you know, honor and pleasure of interviewing. So thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Again, a podcast will be available to download after the show is over if you tuned in late or could not tune into the show. Thanks again for the support, and uh, look forward to coming back on next Monday with uh, September morning. Thanks again, and have a great night.